Welcome everyone to another episode of the Freight Caviar Podcast. Today's guest is Marshall Nebaker, the president at Shore Logistics based out of Long Beach, California. Thanks, Marshall, for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Totally. Um, you reached out to me a few weeks ago because there was some crazy incident involving uh, some shady players in the space that took advantage of your MC, or I guess kind of stole your business identity. And I, I think, uh, you know, you reached out to me then, you told me the story. I was kind of, I was quite shocked to to hear what you told me. And I think it's an interesting story. So uh, I definitely want to, to talk about that, uh, about that story, how, how you resolved it. So if anyone has had any issues here with having their MC stolen, um, or I guess identity fraud for a business, right. The, this could be an educational podcast for you to learn from. Uh, but yeah, Marshall runs a freight brokerage out of Long Beach, California. Uh, what's what's the market like these days, Marshall? Well, uh, we're seeing, you know, obviously it's not like it was last year. We're seeing kind of flat, uh, flat growth. But what we're really seeing is uh, carrier prices dropping significantly which is you know it, it, last year when it was name your price or earlier in the year where it was you know they would name whatever price they wanted and then we would have to tell the customer this is you know this is what you're going to have to pay or you know sure or you're not going to move your freight um it's not like that anymore we're seeing a lot more com competition from our carriers and uh you know, the strong relationships are really proving to uh, come through for us right now. Sure. And what, what kind of drastic changes have you seen in terms of like, obviously, there's the pricing market has completely dropped. There's not that much, uh, not much, not that much freight on the market. Uh, but in terms of like, last year, there was a strong peak season. This year, it's essentially non-existent. What have you seen in terms of like the pricing, like the if you could, you know, maybe tell us like the, the percentages decreased uh, in terms of GP, what have you seen from the freight brokerage side? We're seeing a steady uh, profit percentage over, you know, since last year. I mean, it's the it's pretty much the same, but what we're seeing is, I mean, like you said, the peak season, it's last year was a, an entire year of peak season. Um, and then, you know, September, October, November, or August, September, October, usually in the Long Beach area, LA market with freight forwarders is, you know, a peak. You just see with the Chinese New Year, everything before the Chinese New Year is crazy. Tons of ships, et cetera. And, you know, 120 ships last year at this time is down to, I mean, you know, a 20% of that. And the ports are completely changing where, you know, everything's going to New Jersey now, um, which just kind of shifted the whole market for everybody. So you got to, obviously it's, you know, the market shifted, but you also have to now extend your carrier base because now the carriers have changed so sure and and you're right in the heart of it being in long beach california 
yeah. So how's that like? I mean, I mean, obviously you've noticed a decrease in the amount of ships. I've I spent some time in Long Beach in April, and there were still a ton of ships back then. Right. Uh, what does what does it look well, like the, now? The, the stuff like last, you know, up even halfway through this year, you'd get calls in for, hey, can you, you know, help me with drayage? Like now the drayage carriers are calling us at, it's, it completely shifted. The customers couldn't get drayage. The, the drayage carriers were turning customers away. And now it's completely shifted where the carriers are looking for freight. Well, they're looking for customers and the customers have all these drayage carriers that can move loads for them, you know, move their cans off out of the port. So that's like the, the you know, one of the big like eye openers. Right. So that's specific to this market. I'm not sure how, you know, New Jersey or Alabama are right now with that. But um, in this market, drayage carriers are at like 20 percent of what they nice. were doing last year that's tough so like i mean obviously a lot of companies will go out of business trucking company wise with, with, with the overhead and, and all that um i did read this week that new york and new jersey ports have surpassed la for the second month in a row in terms of uh teu uh numbers like so uh that's that's been a significant change uh Definitely New York, New Jersey have overtaken the market, uh, which is interesting to see. I'm, I'm wondering if, if you have any perspectives on what next year will bring. Uh, what are your thoughts on how the market uh, will be in Q1 of 2023 and moving forward? Well, uh, you know, we use uh, Sonar Tool by Freight Waves. It's, you know, been a kind of a game changer for us. So they're mark, you know, they're watching all of that all the time. So we were actually able to see that I think last month it actually jumped a little bit. It went up, but I mean, for the most part, most of our freight is spot market. So we're not, you know, we're not like a huge uh, you know, we're a 10 person operation. So we deal mostly with spot market freight. And, you know, right now it's it's uh it seems like it's increasing but i have really no crystal ball as to what 2023 is going to look like obviously if you you know the stock market or whatever you're trying to gauge the future on um it doesn't necessarily look good but you know our customer base are are the smb the small and medium-sized businesses and the greatest thing about being small is that you can just make more sales calls and go after, you know, the guys that don't necessarily get called on by the big guys. So that's kind of our saving grace and like kind of lets us write our own destiny. You know, if we, let's say, you know, the market kind of tanks, we can still change our destiny by, go, by going and making more sales calls. That's how I've always kind of preached it. And it's always been, you know, kind of fortuitive is like that because like you can make the change that you need you know yeah definitely it's easier to control a smaller operation and kind of attack than you know the large companies are the ones that are really going to hurt because they don't have the it's difficult and they're to, all contract i mean a lot of the stuff is like contracted so you know what are they going to do 
you know, it's like, and you have all these guys that like, you know, let's say target, for example, when everything was crazy at the beginning, beginning and end of last year, end of last year, beginning part of this year, where they were just getting inventory. Now they have all this inventory. So like, they're not looking for rates, right? Like it's completely changed. Now it's kind of, they're trying to sell their inventory, yeah, which is a complete flip from last year and the beginning of the year, you know? Totally. Yeah. It's, it's definitely been a lot different, uh, but I, to be honest, I, I'm not surprised by all this, even a, a, like those all time highs. I knew that there's going to be the lows and I don't, think it's that even lower right now i think that's no, going to go not. a little bit lower oh yeah. really busy but it's not the yeah. it's not the name your price anymore yeah <laughs> you know what i mean you don't yeah. post something from la to new jersey for seven thousand dollars anymore and then yeah. get beat by another carrier because they got a load for 10 grand like yeah. you know on a friday we used to see freight get posted on a friday and it would jump 25 percent because the the carriers would just wait until Friday when they knew people had to move their stuff, and then it would just jump. The the rate would jump like astronomical. We saw we saw someone get paid for L.A. to New Jersey during the madness last year. They a carrier got thirteen grand from a huge three PL, and it's like okay. And the carrier dropped and was like, "We had to go with this because this is crazy," and we were like. Power more power to you. Sure. You, know? you cannot. Were, not. I was just wondering how much uh, were you like getting paid from the customer at that point from like SMB SMB companies? How much were they paying for like an alley to New Jersey at the peak? I forget. I'd have to look at the look at the, the sure. details. But. It was probably somewhere like around seven eight k though. I can imagine. And then someone. Yeah. Someone's taking a but, 13K. I mean, it wasn't bad for us because more revenue just means more profit, you know? Yeah. And the carriers were passing that cost on to us. And then we were just passing it on to the customer um, because, you know, we have to fight them all day for it, you know? Yeah. And, and we have to deal with the risk of a carrier dropping because they find this crazy rate from a huge 3PL, you know? It's like... Sure. We, you know, and we're managing the expectations the whole time. And, uh, you know, it made for a crazy time. Totally. Really crazy time. And then you, you have a really crazy story from a few weeks ago. Um, yeah. Do, do you mind telling us uh, a little bit about what happened uh, a few weeks ago? Not at all. So, uh, you know, the... Everybody's familiar with double brokering. It happens all the time. Half the carriers you get called on nowadays are double brokers. It's a part of the business, right? So um, we, you know, about a two, two months ago, two, three months ago, got a call from a carrier trying to verify a load and the load was completely bogus. And, uh, you know, I was like, well, send me the paperwork because I'm interested to see what this looks like. And they sent us uh, a fake rate con and a fake carrier setup packet that said our name on it. And, uh, but it came from, you know, a Gmail account. And I said, that's not one of our loads. And the carrier is basically like, well, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> and it's, <laughs> well, uh, 
you know, that's not our load. I don't know what to tell you. And that tripped off kind of like, well, what are we going to do? And, you know, it, we were in this position where we, I think we got two more calls and it was like, okay, this is serious. You know, like this, we do, we have someone that's impersonating us, dispatching loads all over the U.S., getting carriers to pick up loads, jumping in between the broker and the carrier, pretending to be a carrier and then pretending to be us brokering the load to another carrier. And then essentially they were not paying the carrier at the end and getting paid by the original broker and the carriers getting screwed. So uh, it was kind of like one of those things where you don't really know what to do because there's no handbook for it really. Sure. So, you know, I was luckily able to lean on our relationship with that and start the process of, we were luckily able to find some of the loads that, that were posted and talk to the original broker. But then as, as soon as you say, oh, there's someone impersonating us, they get fishy, right? They don't want to deal with it. So uh, we had to go to that and say, you know, that there's someone impersonating us and they were able to, you know, shut down a lot of accounts uh, that were double brokering, but uh, you know, that only gets you so far. So you got to then find, you know, they could just make a new account or call on trucks in the area. So it was really a cat and mouse game. And, you know, we called the F contacted the FBI, but that's worse than the DMV. And then we contacted, you know, they said to contact the local police that that's not going to get anywhere. You tell a cop what a freight broker is. They don't even know. So, you know, we contacted the department of uh, the DOT and the FMCSA and got in touch with the inspector general. And she kind of knew what to do um, and was really helpful in kind of communicating to some of the carriers like, look, you were the victim of fraud. Like, you know, you you should probably do a little more uh, due diligence in the future. but for uh the most effective thing was really reaching out to the factoring companies and telling them look you're gonna see a lot of loads maybe get delivered and the raycons are not ours the carrier setup packets not ours those are fraud and then just kind of you know we let the factoring companies know we let the dot know and then eventually we got google to shut down a lot of their their accounts because they were using gmail um, and that I think proved to be the most efficient way of getting them shut down. So, uh, just to retract the, the story was essentially is double brokering is a, a double broker who stole your identity and presented Correct. who presented essentially fraudulent Raycons to, uh, to trucking companies. And they were selling these loads probably for absurd rates. If I'm not mistaken, they're probably, Right. Over, probably gonna, of course, over the market because they weren't planning on paying that out anyway. So they're just like, Correct. yeah. So these these carriers get fished onto it. So essentially, if you're a trucking company listening to this, then do due diligence on everyone you work with. If someone's using a Gmail account and they're a brokerage, uh, just probably better best not to use them because uh, most most freight brokerages have their own email accounts. Uh, always 
you know, do due diligence. That's something that freight brokers call on the do. load. Call, yeah. Call on the load. If there's a number in the rate con and you call it and it's not real, you're done. You know, that should be a yeah. dead giveaway. If you Google our company and then call the phone number listed and nobody answers, don't do the load anyway. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, there's, but the problem is a lot of these, you know, a lot of the calls we got were from foreign drivers that didn't really understand what was going on. Sure. You know, they got totally taken advantage of. And, you know, at the end of the day, the driver's like, well, what do I do? And it's like, well, you can, you know, obviously in the future make calls or mm-hmm. like you said, do the due diligence, but you got to go after the shipper. And one of the things that kind of stuck out that made it obvious kind of what the scam is. So they're, they're on the rate on the fake rate con. It sends, it says, send the signed BOL once you pick up. Cause they're getting that signed BOL and submitting it to the original broker to get a fuel advance. So a lot of times they're getting 50% of the load fuel advance and then they just move on. They just never even follow up. They're gone. Right. Cause they get the fuel advance. Um, so, so if like someone said, like, we would never, I don't think we've ever said that, you know, uh, send me the BOL, the picked up, you know, the picture of the BOL once you pick up, I mean, that's pointless unless the load's delivered and it's a POV. I've done that before. When I opened up a freight brokerage, I had zero credit and no one wanted to take my loads. And so I would offer them because I had no credit. They, they didn't trust me. I had no history. These trucking companies didn't trust me. And so I offered them like, hey, listen, if you send me a signed BOL at the pickup and then also send me a photo of the trailer loaded, I'll send you 50% because that was the only way for me to sell my load. And that was right. So like I get that thing. And that's why I think um, some people do that um, just just because because of that. But but and like the moral of your story is. First of all, if you're a trucking company, do a compliance. But if you're a freight brokerage, you got to be also on the lookout to make sure that you, your carrier packet's not in the wrong hands. That, um, yeah, that's if someone might contact you and essentially be like, I took a load for you, but it's like not in your system because someone just stole your identity, your business right. identity. And the number one thing to do is to let the, the factoring companies know because, I mean, they're not, they're, they do the most due diligence. You know, they're, they're kind of like a uh, auditing system, if you would, you know, they, they add a layer of compliance that most trucking companies don't have. Sure. So you let the factoring first, they're probably going to get that shut down quicker, if that makes sense. Totally. So uh, Marshall, if you were to say like, what are a few things that you would do like right now, since you, you've gone through it, you have the knowledge now, the wisdom of going through it. Like, so number one is let the factoring companies know. What are a few other bits of advice that you'd give to someone that? Uh, Definitely contact the email service provider with the paperwork that's fraud, fraudulent, and show them that someone on their email platform is per- impersonating your business. They'll try to get that shut email shut. Try to get that email shut down. Let the DOT know, and then let 
the factoring companies know. That's the number one thing. And then obviously communicate that to your whole team. I don't know, you know, how many uh, people are in your office, but let everybody on your team know to take a, you know, open, you know, look into paperwork a little bit more so that you don't end up paying one of these bills. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. Uh, And this goes for the brokers that are selling most of the brokers as well, because they're the ones that start the whole, the whole, I guess, uh, machine of it. They they give the rate count to a double broker, and then the double broker fraudulently takes someone else's MC to to resell it. So definitely a lot to learn from this. Um, I appreciate. Obviously, search on Dad and see if you can find the load, and then call the original broker too. That's sure a you know. But okay. like I said, you're a lot of times it's it's cat and mouse, so you got to start wide. And a lot of that's shutting down, you know, the email, letting the factoring companies know, and then obviously letting the DOT know. So you, Marshall, you contacted Gmail, right? Correct. Okay. You contacted Gmail to to get rid of that email. And, and, you know, just basically took a, I got the carrier to send me the email chain that the person was impersonating us. And then I submitted that to Gmail and said, you have somebody impersonating my business on your email platform. And then they shut down the email account. Sure. Smart. I would have never thought of that, but that's smart. So definitely a lot of lessons to to learn here. Marsha, I appreciate you letting us know. I, I think that people should definitely be on the lookout. Uh, trucking companies should be doing yeah. compliance. That's a great way to a great way to eliminate risk is to have a factoring company. Um, and then if you're a broker that had your identity stolen by Dell broker, make sure to let the factoring companies know, contact the email service provider of whatever emails they're using, uh, and then also inform the DOT. So those are three things, uh, three takeaways. Um, yeah, it's the inspector general at the DOT office because the FMCSA transfers you to the DOT and you have to get the DOT inspector general. Got it. Which is a whole nother thing. They were they were outsourcing their call center, so it was hard to get anybody, right? But you just have to continue to push. Sure. That's my only only advice there. And in the last few weeks, since you've taken all those initial steps, you haven't had any issues or problems. So no, we haven't seen come up. Awesome. Well, I'm glad I'm glad to to hear that, Marshall. Thanks for letting us know. Um, yeah. And, uh, if there's anyone that would want to reach out to you, Marshall, what's a great way to contact you just in case they want to know more. Uh, you can email me Marshall at shipwithshore.com. Awesome. Cool. Well, Marshall, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, thanks Paul.